Welcome to a live and active life, broadcasting encouragement to live your daily life with God's help and inspiration to reach for more of God by faith. Join Brenda Wolf for today's practical insights. Do you ever wonder how you can possibly make a difference in this world? You, with your one life. But the reality is that you can have practical influence in culture and other lives. You can make a difference. Since we live in difficult days, you need help, hope, good action steps, and they need to be tenacious. The problems and circumstances of our current world are pretty significant. It's hard to believe that one life can make a difference with so much big stuff that's gone poorly. So, the problem that we have is twofold. The first part is the actual state of things around you. And, believe it or not, the second thing is the idea that you can't make a difference. It may seem super small when you compare the impact of your life to the needs of a community, a nation, or the entire world. However, your one life is what you have to offer each day. If more people would identify this and begin to do small things that matter each day, there would be a shift in this world. In other words, your one life really does matter. You can make a difference. Well, let's examine some of the resources that are available to make a difference. If you examine all the resources and tools that are at your disposal, which ones would you select as the most powerful, the most influential, the ones that have the broadest impact, the ones that are most flexible? The scriptures say God's grace is the greatest resource for making a difference in small ways and global challenges. It is powerful, influential, it has broad impact, and it is flexible when applied in one life each day. And that one life can be yours. General dictionary definitions of grace include things like unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration, a state enjoyed through divine assistance, a special favor or act of kindness, courtesy, goodwill, or clemency. Wow, from regular dictionaries, those definitions suggest that grace is undeserved, possibly divine. Assistance is needed. And it's for people as they seek the unmerited divine assistance, that special favor, the acts of kindness, courtesy, goodwill, or clemency. God's grace will make a difference. In addition to general dictionary definitions, how much more convincing is grace defined by God and made freely available? First of all, God's grace gives you power to live pleasing to God. Second of all, it also allows you to accomplish and carry out your life purpose. These two statements 
are the nutshell of today's content. Let's read them again. First of all, God's grace gives you power to live to please God. It also allows you to accomplish and carry out your life purpose. And all of that is the beginning as we open the content into how God's grace can and will make a difference. There is a verse that calls you to proactively engage God's grace. In fact, it commands to lean so deliberately into God's grace to find a strength you didn't have before. And guess what? It's the same arrangement God always has. This application of grace is only activated by faith. Here's the verse. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. From 2 Timothy 2 verse 1. Notice, it's a command. You so strongly choose the resource of God's grace in Jesus that you literally become stronger than you were before. You choose, and God strengthens. Why not plant yourself in God's grace? Why not train to be tenaciously stubborn about staying in grace? Here is what you do to accomplish that. First, you start. Second, you explore God's grace. Third, you apply it by faith in practical ways of your daily life. Fourth, while you are doing all this, you begin to master it and it becomes normal to you. That is what it is like to live in God's grace. And it's pretty simple. Let's go over that again. First of all, you start. Second, you explore it. Third, you apply it by faith, God's grace, by faith, in practical daily ways. And fourth, while you're doing those things, all of a sudden, you find you're beginning to master it. You're forming new habits and patterns, and you are living in God's grace. What does God's grace do? From our previous discussion, all the things that we've been mentioning, God's grace is powerful. It is influential. It has broad impact, and it's flexible. Remember those four things we said in the beginning of our content? It encourages you and helps you to endure hardship. God's grace also develops incredible character you could never attain otherwise. In other words, God's grace will really make a difference. All these things happen when you become a living sacrifice. We said, you choose. God strengthens. Surrender is the proof of your faith. God takes your surrender seriously, and He responds with transformation. God's grace also helps you clue into other things that are immediately around you. In other words, it helps you to be more present in every situation things that enhance your community or your nation, and things small as they may seem to reach into the whole world. Let's look at these three categories. First of all, things immediately around you. That was the first one. What kinds of things fall into this category? Let me try to prime your pump a little bit. Here are some examples. A smile lifts your heart 
and might be a lifeline to someone else. Or what about this one, a kind word? You can inspire hope in a family member or a friend. Or cleaning up an area that is in disarray all the time. How about this one? Helping with menial tasks that must be done without grumbling. Or talking about things that God is teaching you as you humble yourself and receive from Him. You could write a card, an email, or text someone that God brings to mind. Perhaps even accountability is encouraging, and it might be needed if it's done kindly. So those are just a few of some things that are immediately around you that you can engage. Then we can move on to community and nation. How can you ever make a difference in your community and nation? Well, let's start with this. Getting out and voting. Then, providing finances or specific materials when you hear about a need. You could reach to a neighbor who just had surgery, perhaps a note, cookies, or even a meal. What about returning books and resources in good condition to public libraries and other centers? This is a really important one. Praying for leaders at every level, from community to the nation's president and cabinet. You could do research for the best, safest organizations that contribute to people in poverty. And you can write encouraging messages and ask lawmakers to hear your voice on important matters that affect a healthy nation. So those are just some ideas. There's a whole lot more, but that might get your your pump primed. Let's go on into reaching into the world. If if you'll notice, we are starting small, getting bigger, and now this is the bigger ripple, the bigger circle that you can have influence in. Since reaching beyond your borders takes a little work, here are some starter ideas. Listen to the news updates. Be sure that the news is unbiased. Then you can put yourself into the shoes of those who are suffering in other nations. What would you want someone to do to help you if you were in their shoes? You can give what you can to financially help world hunger or poverty. This is our responsibility. There may be a time it's appropriate to go to another place in the world to show love, provision, and to give hope. You can participate in organizations that send packages to cheer the children of the world. And you can pray with an informed interest. This requires some research into needs. Also, standing for individual and community principles and government policies that match Scripture. Stand against anything that tears down people and the freedoms that God gave them. And then you can also care about the earth's climate. That seems to be getting ever increasingly important. These are all starts in things immediately around you, rippling out into your community and nation, and then they prove that you are wide-eyed about the conditions of the world. So, make a difference. 
Now that we've explored some practical applications of how your one life can make a difference, let me ask, have you begun to identify possibilities of involvement? What is your portion? It helps to look at things going on inside you to partner with God and make a difference. Things mentioned so far and things you add to those lists are like the pull cord on a lawnmower. They actually start your motor to get the job done. Plus, they center you in God's grace, where you need to be to make a difference. And all of this starts with, first, surrender to God, because God sees what needs to be done immediately around you, in your community and nation, and in the world. He has creative ideas to help you make a difference. And then the second thing is to reach for God and His strategies to meet needs and increase hope close by and globally. Third is to lean into God in all issues for wisdom, discernment, action steps, and practical tools to make a difference. God cares about this stuff. He will direct you if you lean into Him. And then finally, trust God completely as you move closer to what needs to be done, even when things go wrong. He sees around the corner. He sees over the horizon to the other side of the earth. If you are willing, He will empower you. So, all of these suggestions on how you can make a difference, again, those four points start with surrender, starts with reaching for God, It then goes to leaning into Him for everything you need and then trusting Him completely when you absolutely just can't see what's coming. These simple practices inside you prove your desire to make a difference, whether in small, bite-sized chunks or in bigger pieces. There are two focuses that are needed to make a difference. First of all is temporary. Second is eternal. Everyone must address daily temporary issues, things like food, clothes, bills, plans, chores, and so on. Yet eternal issues are critical too. Things like salvation, encouragement, hope, and purpose. God cares about both these focuses, the temporary and the eternal. And God's economy of scales is different than the world's. Let's take a look at that. The world tends to focus on nutritional food, fresh, clean water, climate-appropriate clothing, supplies for family living, education, community interaction, medical intervention, fair representation, equal opportunity, freedom. Well, in addition to those noble standards, and they are good, God also focuses on some things and adds to that list. He says, I care about the nourishment of souls and provides his word for that. He is living water. He provides new spiritual garments to anyone who trusts him for forgiveness of sins. 
He has resources for all living scenarios. He provides wisdom and knowledge. God created fellowship for all His people. He provided healing for the whole person. He is concerned about fair representation for all people through Christ's cross. He is all about equal opportunities that will never end for all people. And He provides freedom that will go on forever. While the work of practical things is easier to invest in, work of the heart and spirit is often undervalued and not well marketed in the world, but it's still yours and mine to address. Since God's economy of scales is active now and focuses ongoing, both the eternal and temporary matter. Practical Applications and Questions First, do you believe that you make a difference with your one life? Second, what practical temporary and eternal things can you do to share hope wherever you go? Third, do you show His grace by your conduct each day? Are you living in His grace? Fourth, how can you be more grace-oriented using your personality, skill sets, resources, and interests. Much of the content from today's material was developed from More Epistles for an Eye Generation. It's a practical devotional guide that is available in our bookstore. Check it out for a wonderful study through some of Paul's epistles. And then visit our website for devotional materials, articles, podcasts, and resources to help grow your faith in God. Pursue noble character and an alive and active life. You've been listening to Brenda Wolf with Alive and Active Life. Visit our website at www.aliveandactivelife.org. Your web-based home for resources including books and ebooks, libraries of articles, podcasts, shareable images, and more as you navigate life's challenges and issues. Sign up on our email list to stay current with the tools you need to be the person God designed, living an alive and active life.